Welcome to the Mac Metallic Podcast, where we respect fashion's past, analyze fashion's present, and get excited about fashion's future. I'm Liberty Impop, founder and creative principal of fashion media company Manic Metallic. Several times per week, I'll bring you episodes about exciting things happening in fashion, discussion about current issues facing the industry, and the places and people that have made the fashion industry great. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at the Medical Talent Podcast and at Medical Talent, both linked in our show notes. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Medical Talent Podcast. I'm Liberty, your host. So before we hop into today's show, I've got something to mention. I'm piloting a new structure for the podcast where our three typical podcast episodes per week are wrapped into the same weekly episode. We'd have three separate segments of the show with our usual topics represented. The first segment would cover the three things that we're excited about or curious about during the week. The second segment would cover whatever present focused topic that I want to discuss, whether that be our current article, a news story, etc. And the third segment would be our popular Who Is series. The format is being piloted for a couple of reasons. We realize that the podcast episodes tend to be anywhere from 8 to 15 minutes on a regular basis, with a couple of outliers running into the 20 to 30 minute range. So rather than have three separate episodes, we're thinking that one episode where our listeners can get all of our content for the week in one sitting might be interesting to try. Doing this would also allow for us to make our recording process more efficient because we'd have one episode to record, edit, and get on the air. This would allow us more time to work on other projects in addition to working on a podcast. That's only going to make Manic Metallic stronger. And the episode would still come in, for the most part, under an hour. The only way that we see an episode breaching one hour would be if we had interviews with guests. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Let us know what you think about this new format by contacting us in any of the ways that we have listed in the show notes. So, now that we've got that out of the way, let's get into the episode. For the three things that we're excited or curious about, it's pretty social media heavy. But first, we're excited about the news that Sarabande Foundation is going to have a free showroom at Paris Fashion Week. Sarabande Foundation, for those of you that don't know, is a foundation started up in 2006 by the late, great Alexander McQueen to support creative talent. Sarabande provides studio space for artists, scholarships to attend institutions in London, and hosts public programming on-site at their location. Sarabande is coming to Paris on September 29th with spring 2023 presentations that will be given to global press outlets and wholesalers. Both its fashion and jewelry designers will be participating. Sarabande is truly an excellent organization, and I'm going to include a link to their website in the show notes for this episode. The next two things are going to be things that we're more so curious about rather than excited about. Have you ever heard about Be Real? It's this app where it's meant to be the anti-Instagram. So. Basically, it's an app where you connect with your friends and you're all notified at a different time every day to post a photo. You have two minutes to post a photo. It's supposed to be less pretentious than Instagram because you post yourself as you are in the moment. It's mostly for friends and not companies. But predictably, fashion brands are trying to figure out how to get in on it in a productive way. I've got my thoughts on fashion brands and any brands for that matter being on this app, and I'm potentially going to put that into an upcoming article. But what do you think about this app? You ever heard of it? Do you use it? Let us know. The second thing that we're curious about, and the last of our three overall things, is an app called Shuffles, which is an appendage of Pinterest. 
You create collage style mood boards with it and some of its early adopters have been using it to make fashion mood boards. It's currently an invite only app because it hasn't publicly launched and I just got on after hunting down an invite code on TikTok. It's a really cool way to build an attractive visual aesthetic and it's been at or near the top of the charts on mobile app stores in recent weeks in the US, UK, Canada, Australia, and Ireland. I can see it having an application for those in the design professions and fashion by extension. If you want to know more about it, you know what to do. Check the show notes for a link that explains a bit more about it. That's it for the first segment of the podcast. See you in part two. Welcome to part two of today's podcast. We're going to discuss a bit of our recent article, How Did We Get to the Point of Naming Every Fashion Trend Core? This article was first inspired by my annoyance at the overwhelming amount of core fashions out there and the fact that they seem to be coming at us relentlessly. It's an article that's been in the making for a few months now, since May to be exact. It was one where I wanted to marinate on the idea a bit more because these cores seem harmless enough you know, Barbie core, angel core, golf core, pearl core, etc. Then my husband and I went on our honeymoon to Italy and France. As we're sitting in the middle of a piazza in Trastevere in Rome eating gelato one evening, we started to meditate on the fracturing of society and the division that's taken hold in so many parts of the world. Now, this wasn't originally meant to dovetail into the point of the article, because at first glance, how does an article about why we're calling fashion trends some variation of core fit together with the breaking of society. But actually it really does tie in in a way that makes perfect sense when you think about it. And based on my general questioning of why the titling of fashion trends has become so predictable and our conversations in Italy, I was finally able to lay out the best argument that I could make on the subject. When I started to write, I realized that the issue with these core fashion trends and the speed at which they're coming out is not just an issue of annoyance. It's actually a pretty serious sustainability issue that, if left unchecked, could contribute to the deepening of our climate change crisis. But I want you to head over and read the article and let me know what you think. It ties together issues that you would not think are related in any way and makes them understandable for a more sizable portion of the population. Check the show notes for the link. We're going to move into part three of the podcast now. I want to take a quick moment to tell you about Manic Metallic's recent product. Do you like fashion? Does it matter to you beyond just entertainment value? Well, Manic Metallic is a fashion media company that creates audio, written, and video content that supports our ethos that fashion is an art, discipline, and societal force for change. We recently published a fashion ebook titled Alternative Fashion Capitals, a survey of 20 cities of emerging thought leadership. In it, we detail 20 cities beyond just New York, Milan, London, and Paris that have thriving fashion scenes, and we dive deep into what they have to offer, including shopping districts, specific places to shop, brands, events, fashion organizations, fashion publications, and universities and colleges. These 20 cities have a lot to offer the world with regards to the fashion industry, and Manic Metallic is determined to share their stories. We'd love for you to consider purchasing this fashion ebook and for you to join our growing community via our website, social media, newsletter, and podcast. For more information on the ebook and where it can be purchased, please visit manicmetallic.com forward slash products. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, back to the podcast. Welcome to the final part of today's podcast. 
we're gonna be discussing a designer that was one of the brightest young stars of the 1990s. Despite a few hardships along the way, guess what? He's still going and he's still making quality and well-designed clothes. For our Who Is episode segment, we're going to be discussing fashion designer Byron Lars. Byron Lars was born on January 19, 1965 in Oakland, California, to parents Gloria Gardner Bonds and Ernest Lars. His early desire to be an architect was encouraged by his father, who worked in construction. Byron had already begun structuring his school schedule in El Cerrito, California, where he grew up, to be oriented towards an architecture career. For example, he'd already started to take drafting classes. Drafting is the act of creating architectural drawings, for those wondering. His mind changed when he was taught to use a sewing machine. He made himself a pair of pants and shortly after was asked to make a prom dress for a friend when he was in the 10th grade. He made her a taffeta dress and she paid him $300, a not small amount back in the day. He was able to teach himself to make patterns and upon graduating from high school, Byron followed that up with graduating from a two-year program at the Brooks Fashion Institute of Technology in Long Beach, during which he got first place in the Brooks Student Fashion Design Show. He later enrolled at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York, where he participated in a fashion competition overseas and met the legendary Karl Lagerfeld while there. Byron made the decision to leave FIT, though, so that he could learn by doing. He started work at a shirt company, which would prove to be fruitful skills for him to have because he would later become well-known for his uniquely designed shirts. From 87 to 91, he did freelance work for many design brands, among them the famed Kevin Hall. His pattern-making skills were really useful to him during this time. Things began happening for him with respect to his own personal work in 1990, when he received an order for 40 pieces from Henry Bendel in New York. 1991 was a watershed year for Lars. It was the year that his solo fashion career truly began. He presented his debut collection, which was well-received. During that same year, he partnered with Marianne Wheaton, formerly of Karl Lagerfeld and Patrick Kelly. She had started her new company a couple of years ago before that, aimed to help fashion businesses get started. She was a bit key in him rising as quickly as he did in the fashion industry ranks. As Lars didn't have financing, she arranged a sweet deal where stores had to provide windows, free ads, and the Byron Lars boutique inside of their store. Stores also had to pay for part of their orders up front and the rest COD. COD is cash on delivery for those wondering. I included more on the definition of it in the show notes. This worked, and she was able to sign up 10 stores as she sought to do. He was able to get orders from heavy hitters like Neiman Marcus and Bloomingdale's. These stores trusted her expertise because of the success that she'd had in boosting Patrick Kelly's brand. Wheaton was also able to find Byron a financial backer, a Japanese trading company by the name of C. Ito and Company that had an American subsidiary named Prominent Apparel. It provided a much-needed cash infusion to be able to produce collections and hire more workers. This year culminated with Byron Lars being named Rookie of the Year by WWD. In 1995, Lars signed a licensing deal for a shirt tail sign. Shortly after, in 1996, Byron signed a contract with Mattel and began designing collectible black Barbies. He created 16 dolls from 1995 to 2011, and these dolls were highly in demand. With his primary business having dissolved in the mid-1990s, partially due to losing his Japanese backers in 1996, Lars founded Green Tea, an affordable clothing line, in 1999. Two years later, in 2001, he launched Byron Lars Beauty Mart, 
a line that ended up being a big success with consumers due to its quality, size inclusivity, and affordability. Throughout the years, Lars has collaborated in various ways with both Anthropology and HSN on designs. His designs have been worn by such luminaries as Michelle Obama, Natalie Portman, Taylor Swift, and Jill Scott, among others. Pratt Institute rewarded him with the Fashion Visionary Award in 2014. Beauty Mark ended during the pandemic. His new line, In Earnest, was started in 2021. I've taken a look at what it has to offer, and it has Lars' signature combination of unexpected pairings and overall quality design at a range of price points. I'd also on another subject like to bring attention to his illustrations that he creates for his designs. They're so imaginative and expressive. His talent is beyond noteworthy and he deserves much more attention than he's gotten over the years. This year, 2022, Byron has been honored in multiple ways. He received an honorary degree from the Pratt Institute on May 18th during its commencement ceremony. He also received a Fashion Group International President's Award for Excellence on May 10th at the FGI Rising Star Awards launching. He currently lives in Harlem and Manhattan. I'm going to finish up with this quote from the New York Times in an article written on September 9th, 2020 by journalist Terry Eggins during the aftermath of the George Floyd protests. This was in regards to what Lars thought of the fashion industry's may culpa responses to black creatives not getting the same opportunities as their white counterparts for so many years. Here's the quote. Quote unquote, I view it with great skepticism. As long as the protests are in the news, these moves towards Blacks will be a priority. But after that, I see a very sharp pivot in another direction. I would love to be proven wrong. So would I, Byron. So would I. That's going to be it for this episode. Tune in next week as we continue this pilot of combining each of these episodes into one. We enjoyed this process. And we were actually able to make this a quick episode. I don't anticipate that happening for every episode in the near future. Some are going to be longer, some are going to be shorter, but we did enjoy this initial pilot. Let us know what you thought about it. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you got value out of today's episode, it'd mean a lot to me if you rate, review, and subscribe to the Manic Metallic Podcast. Be sure to tell all of your fashion-inclined friends and co-workers about the podcast as well. This would really help us to spread our message about fashion being an art, discipline, and force for societal change. And don't forget to stay in touch with us by subscribing to the Manic Metallic newsletter and following us on Instagram. Feel free to reach out to us through either of those means. I'd love to hear from you. I'll link these all in the show notes. You're the best. See you next episode.